0: I love the supertones. I absolutely adore them. If you go on my MySpace, you'll see that I absolutely, they're my favorite. I don't care. Just love them. I love them. I think that they have an amazing way of, like, bringing the scriptures and really telling us how it's a battle. I think it's been really, really good for me. If you never listen to them, listen to them. Start off with the old school stuff. Work your way up. Yes, it's great stuff. Even the early, I mean, the earliest stuff, I mean, just... Great stuff. Scotch. It's just fabulous music. All right, so anyway, I am here to talk to you about boldness. And I really think it's interesting because when we talk about boldness, you kind of can really encapsulate all the things that we've talked about so far. We talked about vision. You know, to have boldness, you really have to have a vision. You know, really to uh, be bold, we have to understand really how important community is. We have to understand also that it's going to take a lot of hard work. You know, all those different things that really we spent time in talking about so far as we've been here really have a whole lot to do with boldness. So I think it's really important. Obviously, we have the boldness to be able to explain exactly what Cassie was just talking about, salvation, and understand that there's so much more that God wants for us. Community, like I said, unity, just unity. Community, one of the things we talked about, what does it really mean? It really means to communicate in unity together. And I think that we have to really understand that when we're together what's the message the message all of us have each one of us is the same jesus is the answer to all your life's problems it really is in unity we can all cry that that's when we're gonna have power so boldness i will tell you something a little a little peek in the deb's mind which is scary scary i will be very honest with you i am When Cassie picked the people who she was going to have speak, I didn't quite get it. There was a couple people. John, hard work, yes. Understandable. Makes sense. Her communicating the gospel, yes, that makes sense. But I will tell you this. There was three people I didn't get. One, Gina, for outreach. Because Gina is definitely more an in-reach person. Nicole, or outreach. I I would picture she would have been the outreach because Nicole is one of those people that's constantly sharing the message of Christ with her friends and the people that she's come into contact with before and I think you're very bold. Gina is one of those people that naturally gravitates to those people inside CYM and makes friendships and does all these different things. But one thing I think is really interesting is it kind of made us step up. And I think it kind of made us be challenged more in what we are because sometimes I think we take what our strengths are, and we think that's it. That's all we can do. And I think it kind of challenged us to really think about who can do what. Me with boldness, I actually thought, I told Shelby, I said, I am so not a bold person. I can't imagine that she picked me to do boldness. But you know what? I need to get more bold. God's challenging me on that this year, obviously. And, uh, you know, I don't care if you've been... Saved for a short amount of time, if you've been a Christian for uh, 16 years, like, going on 16 years like, like me, you can be quiet and reserved when it comes to sharing your faith, and I think that's what's sad. This thing's really making a lot of sounds now, doing a whole lot of, yeah, maybe so. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about what boldness is, and I, I'm going to tell you a, a little, again, another little glimpse into what Deb Graper is. I want to talk to you first off about what the definition is for bold. If you look at what bold is, it says not hesitating or fearful in the face of actual or possible, possible danger or rebuff, courageous and daring. Or number two, not hesitating to break the rules of propriety, forward or impudent is what it actually says. But now, this is the little glimpse into Dev Grafer's persona. I want to give you the definition of weird, Okay. Weird. Involving or suggesting the supernatural unearthly unearthly or uncanny or the fantastic or bizarre. I want to explain something to you. This is very, very important for me to explain something to you. You do not have to be weird to be bold. Okay? I really despise sometimes that people think that you have to be very weird to be bold. You have to be the person that's shouting the loudest. You have to be doing all these different things. You know what? That's not necessarily so. One of the things I really felt when Cassie was talking and also when Janet um, was talking today, I was really thinking, you know what I think is really kind of sad sometimes is we kind of make fun of the world because we say the world acts in a certain way. But then sometimes we as Christians kind of judge each other by the way people aren't acting too. And well, they're not acting like We act you know, well, I don't see them jumping high or raising their hands like I do, or, or I don't see them falling prostrate on their face, you know, before God. And, you know, we're, we could be very judgmental in our spirituality. And sometimes, you know what, there's sometimes people get really hung up on, on some of the things that they think that they need to do to reproduce the Christianity look, you know. And I really think one of the things that God wants us to really get is that we just really need to be who we are. And that is, if you're not a person that really is a person that just, you know, is just super bold and runs up and does all these things, that's okay. God has great things for you to accomplish. You might be a person that is bold, and you're going to do some different things, and you're going to be a person that's maybe more loud. It's okay if you're not, though. I don't want anybody leaving here. From what we've done in the last two days, it's no one's intention to make anybody feel as though One person's more spiritual than another. One person, um, obviously, they must be closer to God than I am. That's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true at all. And I I really think that sometimes we kind of make people feel bad sometimes. And I I don't ever want people to feel that. I, I mean, I know myself, God made me who I am. And you know what? I will tell you something. I am not a person... Who will? I, I praise God. I like to goof around and I like to dance, but when it comes time for worship, I'm fairly reserved. But I'll tell you something. I praise God all day long. I mean, if God God knows my heart, I am constantly saying thank you for to Him, and I praise You, Jesus, for that, and, and I love You for that, and I see that You're doing things, and, and I love You, and I I to, you know just to break into tears because I do love Him so much. But I and I used to feel kind of bad because I'd go to things and I'm like, "Man, some people are just so overly and I'm like, that's not me." And I start to think there was something really wrong with me. And I don't think there is anything wrong. I think it's just who you are. I think we need to challenge ourselves to really think about who we are and what we pray, how we praise God from time to time. I mean, but I don't think we should ever beat ourselves or make ourselves feel bad because maybe we don't act like other people, act when it comes time to worship or, or we don't act um, or yell or stomp or whatever. I, I think God really wants us to be honest with him. He's a God of truth. And I think that we have to understand how we really feel at that moment, how we really feel as though we want to worship. Don't fake it. Just be honest in your worship. And if honestly, it's, if it's just to sit still and just say, God, I, I do love you, I praise you, but that's as much as it is. That's okay. That's okay. I, I just, I don't want anybody to ever feel inferior. I, I'm, I know I'm a protector of people. I know I'm really always very concerned. My, my heart is always, when I leave, anytime at CYM, anytime I leave any event, every time I leave anything, I mean, you talk to my kids, I'll be like, oh, I just hope nobody ever felt bad. I never want people to feel like they're less, I always want people to walk away feeling like they're worth something and that God has really got, you know, great things in store for them and and all that. So I just really want us to understand that. Boldness, though, I want to talk about the fact that it's not just in speech. I think think sometimes we always think it's all, it's just our words. You know, it's our words and what we're going to do. And I think that God has more involved in boldness than that. Um, boldness, if you look, it says it's an opposite of being shy. It says a bold person is going to be willing to risk shame or rejection in social situations, maybe willing to bend the rules of etiquette or politeness. But again, I want to tell you, you don't have to be weird to be bold. You don't have to be weird to be bold. That's not necessary. Um, I really think that there's a lot of people that really do confuse the two. Now I'll tell you, they, some some people, I've seen people, I've gone to some different things where I'm like, whoa. And I really, I mean, I love Jesus. I praise him all the time. But I'm thinking, you know, I've gone away sometimes thinking I'm less. I mean, maybe there's just I've not reached a point. But I'm going to tell you, Pastor Steve says one thing all the time, and I so agree with him. He says, you know, it doesn't matter how high you jump, you know, or how you know crazy you get, but when you come down, you better be walking straight. There's a whole lot of people out there that do a lot of crazy things. But you know what? Do they know God's word? Do they really pray? Are they really seeking Him? You know, I think that we need to not be worried about what we're on the outside, but just be more concerned about who you are on the inside. I think sometimes these people that get all crazy, I'm going to tell you, they have to be scaring the crap out of the world because they scare the crap out of me. There's times I'm looking at them like, and then at 16 years later, I'm like, what, what's the, what are they doing? What are they doing over there? I'm like, kind of scary. Sometimes they scare me. And I'm thinking, I don't know, sometimes if... I would just really be concerned sometimes and really cautious. What's going on in their lives? What do do they do the rest of the time? I mean, it's great to make a big, you know, production, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, there comes a time when the movie ends, the credits roll. (laughs) What are you when you walk out of the theater at that point? You know, we need to just know this and really think about it. I think that there's definitely rules as far as etiquette and politeness... When it comes to serving other people's gods, you know, there's this, if you watched um, Survivor, there was a, a moment where this lady, she was a Christian um, newscaster. And they'll sit there and they'll tell you in society that it's nothing wrong because you know what, you're just you're showing honor when you go to another country. Well, the first thing they did was they took them into a holy temple. And the first thing they did was they had them bow before a god. And then they sat there and told them, well, you got to understand, you're really just showing honor to the culture. And she says, no, I can't do it. You know, there's nothing wrong with having boldness at that point and saying, no. I don't, I'm not going to worry about politeness. I'm not going to worry about hurting any person's feelings because this is against what God would want me to do. That's when boldness counts. That's when it's going to make a difference, and that's when it's going to really matter. You know, I think that you can see uh, people like Paul in the Bible I think that he could relate to people in different areas of of places that he would go. I think that he was never so worried about being so different or so odd that he really ostracized himself, that he separated himself from people. But he would actually try to make connections, try to make communication, try to find something that they could relate to. And I think that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to find those things that draw us together and make us tighter and develop bonds, not things that make us kind of like look at people and go like this. You know, have people look at us like this. You know, cautious, scared. Because right off the bat, what happens if they're cautious and scared? They're not going to listen to us. We start talking about Jesus, first thing they're going to do is going. Okay? I just think we really have to be exactly what Cassie said, led by the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe you're going to have, God's going to tell you to do something weird. That's probably because you're going to talk to a weird person. They're probably going to get that. But sometimes, you know what, you're just going to talk to people that honestly, that's just so bizarre to them and they just walk away thinking, Phew. you know. I think when she walked up to this person that was sitting there, she didn't say anything odd. She just said, can I tell you? There's nothing odd. He might have thought it was odd, but she didn't go up to you and say, you know, all these craziness and, and start talking in Christianese and And jumping up and down and and patting on them and, oh, Lord Jesus, you shouldn't do that. Scare them. That would have scared them. And believe me, everybody on that campus would have said, that's that crazy chick. Run from her. You know, worry, worry, wonder. You know, so I want you to understand, that's the biggest thing I want you to know. Boldness doesn't have to be weirdness. I just really want you to get that. I think we really need to be who we are. Be who you specifically are, who Jesus made you to be. Every single one of us here is different. I don't care how much we have in common. We've all been raised different. We've had different parents. We've had different circumstances. We are a product of what we've dealt with already up to this point. And just work with what God's given you, you know? (laughs) Took your mama nine months to make it. You know, you took however long it took you to get to this point with your Christianity. This is where you are. Share what you got. Don't try to borrow from somebody else's spirituality. Don't try to pretend to be something you're not. Just be who you are. Sometimes just in simplicity, just saying, you know what? Jesus helped me. That's all you have to say. That's really all you have to say. I think like I said, that we have to understand that there has to be a purpose with boldness. It can't just be in our words, even though words aren't necessary. Um, I really just want you to understand that it has to be boldness and really every bit of God's work that we're going to be called to do. And uh, we're not going to have boldness if we don't know who we really are in Christ. We've got to know who we are. That's one of the things I always try to explain to girls. And I try to tell you that, you know, you're a daughters of the, the most high God. You know, which means he absolutely adores you. He loves you. He thinks you're so worthy. And, I mean, men, you're called to such a high calling, you know, to really be a a leader, and a, a spiritual leader, and a strong person for God because there's so many people coming up that need them. You know, as we're praying, one of the things I was praying for today is for the men over there for prayer, for their prayer breakfast you know what, that God would really start to really birth in them more and more and more vision to be the spiritual leaders that they need to be in their own homes, in this church, and everything. Because for so long, churches have been filled with people who are not the leaders, and that's why there's so many women that are in positions of leadership, because guys have never been stepping up. They're not doing jobs. We need to know who we are in Christ. I want to tell you about an experience um, in boldness that just blows me away, and I'm going to read you out of the Message Bible. And it's about Peter and John. It's Acts 4, 1 through 22. It says here, While Peter and John were addressing the people, the priests and the chief of the temple police and some Sadducees came up, indignant that these upstart apostles were instructing the people and proclaiming that the resurrection of the dead had taken place in Jesus. They arrested them and they threw them in jail until morning, for by now it was late in the evening. But many of those who listened had already believed this message. In round numbers, about 5,000. The next day a meeting was called in Jerusalem. The rulers, the religious leaders, the religious scholars, Annas, the chief priests, Sophias, John, Alexander, and everybody who was anybody was there. They stood, Peter and John, in the middle of the room, and they grilled them. Who puts you in charge here? What business do you have doing this? With that Peter full of the Holy Spirit, big key, guys, boldness, you have to have the Holy Spirit. Let loose rulers and leaders of the people, if we have been brought to trial today for helping a sick man, put her under in investigation regarding this healing, I'll be completely frank with you. We have nothing to hide. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who you killed on a cross, the one who you killed on a cross, you tell me that isn't bold, the one God raised from the dead by means of his name, this man stands before you healthy and whole. Jesus is the stone that you masons threw out, which is now the cornerstone. Salvation comes no other way No other name has been or will ever be given to us by which we could be saved, only this one. They couldn't take their eyes off of them. Peter and John standing there so confident, so sure of themselves. Their fascination deepened when they realized that these two were laymen with no training in scripture or formal education. They recognized them as companions of Jesus. But with the man right before them seeing him standing there, so upright, so healed, what could they say against it? They sent them out of the room so they could work out a plan. They talked it over. What can we do with these men? By now, it's known all over town that this miracle has occurred and that they are behind it. There's no way that we can refute that. But so that it doesn't go any further, let's silence them with threats so they won't dare use Jesus' name ever again with anyone. So they called them back again and warned them that they were on no account to ever again speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John spoke right back. Whether it's right in God's eyes to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. As for us, there's no question, we can't keep quiet about what we've seen and we've heard. That's boldness. Doesn't that just make you just want to do battle? I'm going to tell you, read that kind of stuff, and you just think, that's what I want to be. I want to be that bold. I want to be in a situation where you have people ready to take your life and to be that strong and that bold to say, you are the one who did this to Jesus. You were the ones who threw him out. You were the ones who killed him and crucified him. That's about as bold as you can get. That's, that's looking down the barrel of a gun. And then later on, to sit there and say, when they say, hey, okay, okay, fine. We're going to let you go now. And that's when you think, okay, I can escape with my life. I might have just diverted getting killed. But what did they turn around and say? They said, okay, well, you don't say that no more, and we're going to let you go. And they're like, nope. Not gonna not say it. I'm not gonna not say it. I'm gonna say what's true. To me, this is truth, and I'm gonna keep talking. You know, that's where I think is amazing. Peter and, and John were amazing. These are the, this is the same Peter who before was just walking around seeing Jesus perform miracles. And when he's in this area where where Jesus is going to be killed, they're saying, "Are you the one who has traveled?" With Jesus, no, that wasn't me. Obviously, he's gotten boldness. Where did he get it? the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit is what will make the difference in your faith to give you boldness. If you don't understand that, please start to really pray. Start to just pray, God, give me the Holy Spirit. Give me boldness. And that's when he really starts to show truth and and, and really pushes you out of who you are. So we need more boldness. I think that there's some adults that probably wouldn't really appreciate some young people telling them what they think is right and what's wrong. I'm sure that you guys have had conversations with people who are your adults in your life. And you start to tell them something, they're like, all right, you know everything. You just know everything, right? You know, you have that experience. Look at Jesus when he's facing the situation. Jesus is, is walking. They go to, you know, visit the temple. They all leave to go back. Mary and Joseph go. They travel the whole day, and all of a sudden they're looking for Jesus. Where is he? Can't find him. So here he is, just a young guy, 12, I think, is what they said he is, and they go back and they they're go to talk to him and she walks up and she says, where have you been? What you been doing? He sounds pretty bold and pretty upfront with her, doesn't he? He says to the Mary, who is his mother, who deserved honor, you didn't know where I was? Of course I'm with these guys. They're the religious leaders. Of course this is where I'm at. I mean, you know what? Most people and parents right that time would be like, don't be talking to me that way. Jesus knew who he was and he was on a half and you know what there were certain things that he would stand for and certain things he wasn't going to let be denied he had boldness we need more boldness we definitely need more boldness Ephesians six nineteen and 20 uh, Paul goes on and he makes a prayer request and it's awesome too I think this is what we really need to think about he says don't forget to pray for me pray that I'll know what to say and that I'll have the courage to say it at the right time God's word tells us, pray for boldness. Pray for it, ask for it. You know what, when you're in a face to a situation or even like you're going to come up and you're going to give an opportunity because we're really hoping over the time that more and more people can start to teach, do things, do these things. If you think you can't, you know, just pray. God will give you more boldness. God will give you the words to say. God will give you the strength to speak it. And that's, that's what it's all about. So we have to put boldness on our prayer list. Pray for boldness. You have to be um, discipled. And discipled basically just means disciplined. You really have to learn the disciplines of what God wants for you. And uh, I I want to tell you there's a couple things, you know, that really happen on a weekly basis that a lot of you guys are here. And you know what, you're here for a weekend that really wants to challenge you and, and maybe grow in your faith. But I want to tell you there's opportunities all the time during the week to be discipled and to grow more disciplined. And really, I mean, truthfully, Sunday school, prayer times, um, Bible studies, when we do a care group, those different things like that's all learning, absorbing, getting. That's what it's all about, learning and and, and getting more disciplined in your faith. And it's like it is that same thing with the vision. How I've said it numerous times, too, beating our bodies into submission and really taking that leap for boldness and to do the things that are going to cause us to really be able to do battle, you know, we are an army. And sometimes I think what ends up happening is that we have nobody really fighting. <laughs> I think if you look at people in the Bible, you see a lot of times if somebody wasn't willing to fight, if someone wasn't really to give their all, what did, what did God tell them to do? Cut them loose. They're dead wood. Get rid of them. Move on. Get people who are going to. He'd rather use five people that were really strong in their faith than have you know 300 with 250 lagging behind. Because it's just... A struggle. It's, it's more work than anything. So we really have to just get this idea of being disciples. Start to really think about the things that matter. Um, one of the things I really want to talk about, how much time do I have left? Oh, that's not bad. Okay, good. I'm really, really happy. What I want to talk to you about, the other thing, this is kind of off the topic. I'm going to go on a whole different... Route. And what I'm going to do is actually have us think about how we really do ministry up here, CYM. Because ultimately, we want you to understand Jesus. Like Cassie says, we really want you to understand that this isn't just here, it's for you to take everywhere. Because you are going to be in this area a short amount of time, really. I mean, when you think about how long you're allowed to be in CYM 12 to 19, it's not that many years. I mean, you're going to spend a whole lot more time on the outside than you are on the inside of these walls. But I do think that we need to really evaluate who we are and what we're accomplishing up here. And obviously the people that have come here are the people that recognize um, some are in leadership, some maybe really feel a call to leadership. Some really, I think, have shown, just even over the weekend, that there is a willingness to really help. And I think that's what's great. So I want us to think about some different things. And this is, again, from John Crabtree and the things that he taught us. I'll tell you, this man taught us things that were, honestly, one afternoon, but I I really thought had such weight for the things. But of course, like I say, I think of it in all the times, the terms. Um, I am feel a little bit guilty sometimes because I know pastor wants us to probably think of it as a big church. But mine, because of my heart, is in um, CYM and my ministry of youth. I a lot of times can't break myself out of pulling it around and being youth-oriented in my mind. But one of the things he spoke about was having momentum. Now, obviously, we hear about the word momentum all the time. We, we hear about that as in when we go to convention, we hear it's called momentum convention. And I really just want to talk, you, talk to you about what really Momentum stands for and what it's all about really quick. Um, what it is, it, it has mass, there's velocity, and there's direction. Um, mass, when I think about it here with CYM, I want us to think about how many real followers we have. How many followers do we have up here that are really in CYM, are part of the ministry? Velocity... We really need to think about how long does it take for the followers to really start to take action. You know, there's a lot of times there's people can be here for years and nothing happens. But you know what, there's just nothing. And then you will get somebody who will come in. I mean, literally, it is. It's such a short amount of time and they felt like they've been here forever because they get it. They understand that it takes that action. They're going to get, you know, plugged in really, really quickly. Then there's the direction. How closely do the behaviors of the followers start to match the leaders? I think that's really important. Not that I want grape or clones, I I don't. We're we're all individual. I tried to explain that idea earlier. We don't want that. Be who you are. But you know what? Start to really not be who we are personally, but be strong in your beliefs and be a strong follower. Um, I'm going to tell you, we're not. You've seen it. You've all seen us. You've done ministry. Not perfect. Flawed. Screwed up messed up, I'll tell you. But I will tell you this. I live with my family, and regardless of who we are sometimes, not necessarily the best. I will tell you that, not toot my own horn or my family's, but we're faithful. We love Jesus. And we will continue to, to do the things that matter. The other thing I want to think about is commitment. You look at commitment, you got um, vision. We talked about it at the very beginning. How many followers that are here in CYM can relate their efforts to the leader's vision? How many people get it, grasp it? How how often do we explain it to them? Do we explain it enough? Do we tell them what our vision is? Do we really make it clear? Sometimes I think that we do things and we don't make it clear. One of the things we've always tried to explain when we're up there, we try to say that this is not the normal youth group. It's not going to be. And I think if you're looking for that, you're going to be very disappointed in CYM. Because we are not where a lot of ministries would do where they're playing games and it's all like pizza parties and all this different stuff. I, I'm, we're going to do messages and we're going to try to really disciple you because I really believe this is a generation that's going to change things. I really do. I really truly believe it. One thing that just echoes in my mind over and over again, I don't know how many of you guys remember this. This is where I try to give you my vision. I try to explain what my heart is because I really think that if you would, you see that there's, I think a real love and a passion that I have for God and for ministry, you're going to get it. You are going to get it if I keep telling you. When we were walking into Momentum for the convention this year, the boys were walking behind. I was kind of behind with them. And when they were walking in, there was a whole group of nuns. Brian, you were there, weren't you, when they were walking in? And you guys helped them. They were getting them out of the car and they were helping them get all their things together. And we were walking and they said, What are you guys doing? And they said, we're going to a youth convention. And as we're walking in, one of the nuns said to us when we walked in, tell your parents that Jesus isn't dead. That just, honestly, I get chills when I think about it. Because I think that's not, I don't even know if it was her. I think that was God. I really do. I think that was God telling you this is the generation that's going to do it. Go tell your parents that Jesus isn't dead. I don't even think she knew what she was saying. I just think she was probably close to God. I think there was something there that she knew, and God was working through her. But I tell you, I think that was it. I think that was when it was almost like this, I kept waiting in my mind, and it's never left my mind, of her saying that, go tell your parents that Jesus isn't dead. I think there's too many people that have thought he's dead, and they're doing nothing. I think it's up to us. I really do believe that talk about values. How many of us can relate an example to the leader's values? I try to tell you what my values are. I really do. I think it's important for me to tell you what matters to me. Because I think if it starts to matter to me, it's going to matter to you. I really do think it's important. Persistence. How many followers really meet their commitment? There's a lot of people who will commit. Not everybody steps up. How many followers are going to really commit and really do what they say they're going to do? We have to Truly evaluate that and look at our ministries in the right way. Um, initiative. How many people are going to take initiative? How many are going to get involved with teamwork? How many followers are going to seek to help someone else and not just be about themselves? You know, there's a lot of people that they're, ju- they're just for them. But you can tell the people that are, there for just for, that are there for the others too. You can see it becomes bigger, more on their face. It's not like, what am I going to get out of this, but what am I going to give to someone else? You can see that it's there. Interfacing, how many followers assist the other departments. I don't have that up there. Um, This one I kind of wondered about. uh, Shelby and I have gone around around this. I didn't put it up there because the fact that I struggle with that only for the fact that I think that churches need to have youth in all different areas, and we try to do that, but I think it really can become a tug of war. And I think what ends up happening a lot of times is kids get really involved with a whole lot of other things, and then they don't commit to the generation of kids that they're trying to reach and the people. I think they just become about continually doing church, and it becomes work. So I want us to be cautious. I think we should help. I love the fact that, Amy, you help, and and Emily and, and Ken and, and stuff like that. It's great because I think it really shows that we have um, people who are willing to, to help other ministries I think is important. But I think that it's also important to be cautious that you don't do too much, that you get burned out, you know, Obviously, if you're up here, I really think this is because it's not your normal youth group. I think that there's such a responsibility and a call that it's hard, especially as you grow older because there's so much of your time is is pulled away from you. Um, Innovation. How many suggestions are made to support the vision? We have to be willing to accept suggestions, but also there should be enough trust in your leaders, that you should not be afraid to make a suggestion to us. If you have fear that we're not going to be able to take it, then we're doing wrong. You should be able to say, hey, you know, I, I just was thinking maybe we could do something like this. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we aren't going to be able to do it. Sometimes we might be able to do it. But you know what? Suggest. Be in, involved. Um, <laughs> I had a hard time with this word three or four times. I could say it really good, and then all of a sudden I kept messing up. Reciprocity? I can't see it. Trust. How many followers take responsibility for their own mistakes? Are you constantly blaming someone else for the things that you do wrong? Or do you really try to stop and think about this really ends with me? You know? Respect. It's so important. You need to respect God. You know, the leaders that are put in there. I mean, I, I think that we need to be honest in our evaluation of people. But I do think that when God puts someone over us in leadership, we really do have to have a respect for them. If we think they're wrong, you know what, don't talk bad. Talk to God about them. Because you know what, that's what's important. If, if I don't like something, it doesn't know good for me to say, hey, did you see that? Did you notice that? That's not good. What pastor did do there? Not good. That's not going to help. What's really more important, honestly, is to say, God, if you think he's wrong, you deal with him. That's what it's about. It's, it's knowing that God put that person in leadership over you. And regardless, they are human. They're human beings. They're not super people. <laughs> they're just called. They're just called to do ministry, which means that they're just willing to be the target for your criticism. <laughs> That's what it is. And uh, you just need to understand that, but respect them. And then growth. How many followers actually go on to become leaders? This is what this is about. This is what, what reach is about. Reach people for Christ, but also to really reach inside of yourself and decide if you have a call to be a leader. You're no longer the follower, but you're going to be the person who's going to say, no, no, I'm going to be the person at the front of the conga line. I'm going to be the person that's going to do the dance. You're all going to follow me next. That's what's going to be. You know, I think that we really need to evaluate who we are. I really believe that a lot of us have potential to do great things but I want you to understand something about potential. It's just really, (laughs) what's potential, Russ? Just means that you are capable of being or becoming something. It doesn't mean you already are. You just have the potential to be something. Every one of us has potential to do something great or potential to do something less. Our choices will make the difference of who we're going to be Every single day, I told you it's not this decision that one time I've accepted Jesus and I'm a Christian. It's every single day when you get up, I'm a Christian and I'm going to do this for God. Or I'm going to try to get this in control. I'm going to try to talk to this person about Jesus. It's every day making the decision. But really just understanding that you have great potential in the eyes of Jesus. And he wants you to truly be all you can be because he needs you to be in the battle. But if he doesn't use you, he will, like I said before, he will go to someone else. He will. Um, up here when we do things when we're involved we're in ministry and uh, we really start to do things and and truly we said before it doesn't matter what you do in ministry start out truly you might be just taking garbage out but take out garbage with excellence (laughs) be on the watch pay attention because when you start to do those things well people notice and they'll have you do more uh, there was this guy that, that talked about being um, a leader in a church, and he said who he looks for from his elders and deacons, who he wants to ask are the people that are there cleaning up the longest after an event. Because, you know, they show that they really love the church. They really care about it. I agree with that. I agree with that. You want people who are going to actually have the vision to make some, even an event be a success. That's what you want. But um, I really think that when we're in community here, you know, when we're trying to communicate in unity, there should be some things that really take place. And I think if you really start to feel as though um, you don't have it, I think you're going to judge whether or not you do have unity and community in here in CYM um, by a couple, three different, there's three different things. I think one, anonymity. I think if we really feel like no one knows you or cares, we're not going to stick around. This is why I will point out, I mean, Cameron knows. How many times, Cameron, have I said, hey, Cam, go get one of the boys or go do this or go do that. You know, go get some. Hey, guys, did you notice that this person's all by their Go over there and talk to them. You know, go over and, and let them know that people care. And, and I don't want them to be this guy. And you're right, Cameron, this is me. Because I see it and I'm like, oh, I want to make sure that they know that they really are appreciated and that... God cares, and, and I care. I, but you know what? It is exhausting. And a lot of times I'm going to tell you, especially if they're a 14-year-old boy, they don't want to talk to me. <laughs> this, yeah. They don't want to talk to me. They're just like, go away. You're an old lady, and you want to hug me. <laughs> I'm scared. They are. They're scared of me. And I do weird stuff, and then they're like, really scared. But this is what I want to say to you guys. You know what? When you're up here, and truly, if you feel like you have a call to do leadership or really just step up, understand, again, this is not just for you. Always be looking for that lone person that's out there by themselves, and just go try to make conversations. Try to be a friend. Try to really let them know that you care, even if it looks like sometimes no one else cares. You know what? You may be that one person that's going to make the difference in their life. I think that we're not going to really feel like we have community and we're really going to wonder if we want to stick around if we don't have really, um, if there's no immeasurement, measurement if we really don't know how it is that we're doing in something. I think that's why I try to connect and say, you know what, you are, you're getting it. You know, when someone tells me something that they're learning or something they're seeing and some sort of response or they read a message or, or you see something and it happens, I try to respond and I try to tell them. You know, you can tell there's something that you're getting. You know, you can see that there's, op- you know, an, an eye-opening experience that's happening or, you know, Dominic, when he feels conviction over something, it's like, you know what, that's good. I said, and it's okay because we all have these patterns that we got to get through and we got to change. And God knows it took me so long, you know, but to let people know that they're okay. Don't start to feel as though, like, you know, no one cares and, and no one really cares about me where I'm at. I don't think that we want to, you know, we love the fact that they're grown and see who I am. But it does no good to have 100 people and no one talks to each other and no one really connects and we're not doing what Jesus would want. And then, irrelevance. I think we need to know that what we do matters. If you're in leadership at all, we need to know what we do matters. If you're in charge over a leadership area, we need to tell other people what they do matters. We need to say, hey, good job this guys on honestly didn't they do a good job keeping up with the coffee and the hot chocolate this weekend I mean this was a non-stop adventure to keep us happy I mean seriously it matters it matters every single time if I would have went over there when I'm trying to do this whole thing and every time I'm looking over I'm like okay there's no water there's no hot water I would have been doing it it would have been exhausting you know what I can leave here being refreshed because I didn't have to take care of all that you know when we've left a room every single person has picked up Every single person has cared. That makes all the difference to me. And really, it just shows me that you get it. I go away feeling like, yes, yes. They, they grasp it. They see that really, honestly, it is the same. Many hands make for light work. You know what? We can get so much more accomplished if it's not just one person doing something. But we have 26 people doing something here this weekend. You know, it's, it's fabulous. Just great. Just great. So I really just want us to, to really just understand who we are up in CYM, why we do what we do. We do it because we love Jesus. We do it because we have a vision that we don't want to see people perish. We can do it with boldness, but we don't have to do it with weirdness. We can be who we really are, be who Jesus made you to be, but then honestly take who you are and who Jesus made you to be and really just start to share yourself with others when you come up here on a wednesday night or a tuesday night or an event start just giving a little bit more of yourself sometimes you might have to push yourself a little bit more it might be your natural to tend to step back but that's okay start a little bit by bit doing a little bit more and god will start to give you more opportunity and you're going to get more comfortable with it and you're going to see that what you do mattered it mattered i just love you all thanks